Do you dare to ride the Tower of Terror? Welcome to the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. I'm Brendan. Uh, I'm joined this week by Adam Smith. Hello. And Alec Meir. Hello. I finally get to be on a podcast for the site I founded. Hooray. It's good to have you. Okay, yeah. we're done. Let's wrap up. Yeah, brilliant. That's that's all I've got to say, really. Video games. The end. That's it. Podcast over. Everyone go home. <laughs> um, we are talking this week... Um, because it's starting to get into silly season and lots of games are coming out and they're quite big and chunky and moorish about binging. Video game binging. I'm not sure what we mean by this, but <laughs> I guess we mean games that you just play for hours and hours and you, you don't either you set aside the day to do it or you come out of it feeling a little bit dirty and grimy and regretful but at the time you were having a great time is I, that I, what we mean i, I guess took... it's video games that you play at the expense of all other aspects of your life including friends family hygiene and basic ability to exist as anything other than a, a ghoul hunched in front of a screen I took it both that way, but also to do with the silly season, the games that you kind of feel like you have to get through. So you just binge them just to get them done, get them out of the way almost as well. Um, But yeah, mostly the former for me, the ones that just suck me in for a long, long time. Okay. So let's, let's think, is there anything recently, Adam, that's done that to you? Well, mine, my kind of feeling with all of this goes back to, the game that turned it into a marketing slogan, which was Civilization with the just one more turn thing. And those are the kind of games that always get me. It's the ones that... And and so, to be clear, this it's not about just Civilization games. Any game where I just want to know what happens next, I find it very hard to turn myself away from. So that can be anything from Football Manager and Out of the Park Baseball because, you know, you've got this structure of seasons. So it's like, oh, well, what's going to happen in the next week what's going to happen in the next season and there's like an ongoing world or it can be things like crusader kings or stellaris where i just want to see what happens with the next war it's like who's going to declare war on who and then they do and i need to see the end of the war then so i just find it very hard to pull myself away so surprisingly and to everyone's surprise sports and strategy games for me which is (laughs) (laughs) incredibly shocking i think something turn-based strategy games particularly share with um what we don't like always like to admit, but sort of the the clicker games and the idle games is this belief that you're you're coming up on the the turn or the event that's going to finally resolve things. That the the degree of satisfaction you're going to get from hitting this particular milestone is going to be so good that you're just comfortable to then turn it off and go and get some sleep. But it's never like that because during the process of achieving that, half a dozen new things 
arise and dark hungers arise in you that make you want to keep going and keep going. And Firaxis are obviously complete masters of that with civilization. And for me, particularly uh, XCOM with War of the Chosen has been the, the main culprit of sleep theft for me lately. See, um, I don't know. I don't know if what we're describing then is binging or if it's just chasing the dragon. I guess it's the difference between when it gets you by accident, uh, which I think the idle games do. You know, you load it up, adventure capitalists or whatever, and you just, I'll just see what this is like. Then, see, I definitely de- do. Days the- pass and you're you're destroyed, and going into it consciously like a civilization or an XCOM, I know what's going to happen to me. I am choosing to binge and to have my life turned into essentially this one thing for the next fortnight um, rather than being unconsciously addicted to it. When I I was in Poland last week um, for the Poznan Games Arena uh, conference and there was a party every single night, some kind of industry party. And one night I was like, I'm I'm a bit tired and I don't really fancy going to this party, which would have had lots of good mingling opportunities uh and i just got into my head about 6 p.m you know what i've got my laptop i could go back to my room and just play crusader kings 2 all night instead and i did and uh and that was one that i came out of feeling like i'd very much binged that was i'm gonna do this i don't care who sees me like this if they come in to clean my room i'm gonna be here surrounded by well let's not talk about the things you're surrounded by when you play crusader kings 2 but Surrounded by basically the film. No, of let, human let's history. talk about the things you're surrounded by when you play Crusader Kings 2. <laughs> well, I nearly said in my bed surrounded by murder and incest, but that sounded really just, you know, that's not the reality of it. It's just just the filth of, yeah, of um, of history. That's uh, the detritus. <laughs> the filth of history. That's its own spin off podcast series, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that 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 was a very much a binge. Like, um, and and the, the, like, I say the flip side of that is the games I feel that I need to just yeah get through. Um, and I'll, there'll be a lot of that. I'm gonna, you know, the, we've got Evil Within two this week. Uh, South Park's coming out. Wolfenstein's coming out really soon. Destiny's out right now on PS4, and I'm playing a lot of that. And I do feel like I need to just spend eight hours with each one of these things just to roll around in it a little bit <laughs> i don't think that counts as binging though i think that's just you're trying to get that's just dutifully dutifully piling through something oh no these aren't duty these are all the ones i want to play these are all the things okay. that i I'd, I'd want to play anyway the, i'm thinking of it more from the perspective of being not not from a kind of i need to do these for work but like when you get loads of stuff for Christmas and you're just like, I've got too much stuff to play with. So you try and do it all, <laughs> just cram it all in as much as you can. Yeah, uh, it's not wanting to, to miss out. It's wanting to have all these good experiences as soon as possible. And the act of trying to fit them in is um, is kind of stressful, but the I, degree of pleasure you I, get from it. I have a terrible habit of playing games for like six hours when I first play them and then never going back to them. It's like yeah. uh, I make, I basically get my fill from them. Uh, and then sometimes that's the nature of the way games work is they have a a, you ex- a 60 hour game can be broken down into half hour chunks, of, you know, loops that you kind of understand by that point and you're just repeating them. And that's fine if you enjoy that loop. But I tend to be and always have been, not just since I started doing this as a work thing, but um, I've, I've always been the kind of person who once I've, understood a thing there's a tendency sometimes for me to just discard it and move on to the next thing 
I'm slightly hesitant about saying this in a way, but there's there is a bit of a difference between binging as a game journalist thing and binging as a consumer thing in that a we don't necessarily have to pay for every copy so we mm. don't need to rationalize that 40 quid expenditure to ourselves b we worry professionally about not being part of the conversation if we haven't played it played all the big things and it's quite hard now to think back to a time when that wasn't the case for me and it would be much more about this one or if i was really lucky two games that i had in my life um, and i really had to wring everything out of them and and binge on them rather than binge on games in general as is sort of the the case in my life these days well the, the last three games i bought um not on pc so absolutely not for work purposes was uh, actually i'll skip sports ones because i did buy madden as well and i barely played that but i bought persona mm-hmm. 5 I bought Yakuza Zero, and I bought um, Final Fantasy Fifteen, and with all three of those, I bought them on a Friday. Played them over the weekend that I bought them, and haven't touched them again since. And I paid fifty quid each for those. I think. Yeah. Uh, did I get fifty quid's worth out of a weekend? I feel like I did. I really enjoyed the. I really enjoyed all three of them, but I don't know if I need to see any more of them. Um, it's weird. I thought Persona Five was one of those games that people would binge on. That had this kind of like. I mean, I did. I played it thing. on that weekend. I must have played it for twenty hours just over one weekend. Um, it was, you know, it's what I did when I was awake. But then during the week, I just didn't get time to go back to it. And now I'm just like, eh, if I go back to it, will I remember exactly where I'm up to? You know, it's just, I don't know. It, it feels that. I, I I increasingly like games I can just do that big session on where I just absolutely gorge myself on them and then I can be done. Yeah, I've I've left a lot of games that way where you kind of lose the momentum, even though it seemed like the biggest thing in the world for, like you say, a couple of days or even a week and it was all you thought about, all you wanted to do, then circumstances conspire that you have to leave it alone for a couple of days and just the importance diminishes. You realise, I, I understand that, I'm not, I think going to get any new experiences from it now so I feel content that you know I, I, I had that time with it, it did its trick but our relationship is now over. Are there any um, particular games I'm wondering where you do come out of it feeling like almost greasy like you've just finished a McDonald's you know like or like you've woken up with a hangover but you're just sitting in front of your computer wondering why you did that for five hours? I mean this is the MMO thing less so these days but Back in the day, I used to just gravitate towards every single MMO, and it would it would always do exactly the same thing to me, which is that I would not have enough sleep. I would go to work late. I would neglect my partner, and um, I would be constantly convinced that I was on the cusp of some epiphany moment or some grand achievement. The next level up or getting to the next area or getting the next piece of loot was just going to be miraculous, and it wasn't. And then after X number of weeks or months... Uh, nights like this I'd suddenly realise I'd catch sight of myself in the mirror and just think what are you doing what's what's wrong with you how have you fallen for this again there, there okay is no... this is interesting because I'm going to bring this up when we talk about Destiny 2 yes yes well um, let's talk about Destiny 2 because um, I um just installed it on my ps4 i think four days ago i finally got around to installing it and i thought you know i'll give it a shot and i was fairly um 
it didn't grip me with the uh, first solo bit, you know, like this, because I played it before as well, that, that opening. It's like a, the campaign opening is quite a long bit where you're on your own, getting lots of plot injected into your eyeballs. Um, and I was like, yeah, I've seen this. This is fine. It's very pretty. But I got to the first hub area and suddenly there were all the people standing around and I was like, oh God, no, it really is an MMO. But then I went on to the first actual mission and there were just like four people, I think it is, or three people. And I loved it. And I was like, I just want to do this and, you know, for the rest of the night. And I did. I put it on at, I think, 9 p.m. and I played it till 3 a.m. And, uh, and was, but I came out of that feeling great. I was like, you know, I'm pro- probably a sci fi god at this point. And, you know, I, I didn't care that I'm still effectively wearing rags. I think it's a refugee cloak. And I've got like a gun that the description of it is, you know, basically how it was thrown together in a cave somewhere. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, have you seen what I can do with it? I'm pretty awesome. So I feel great. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be interested to know how you feel in maybe a week or two. Yeah. Although you do say you play games like this, like for maybe the weekend and then maybe you're done with it. Well, I've got but, a bunch of friends already playing it. So I'm going to play with them this weekend. Uh, and I've not played with anyone else yet. I've just been playing with strangers, uh, like incidentally. Um, as Alec, actually, we're going to have a feature of Alec's experiences playing Destiny uh, solo, um, which will be on the site by the time you hear this. Uh, and I've had a very similar experience with it in terms of just interacting with people accidentally or incidentally. Uh, but I'm jumping in with a bunch of people who've been playing it since it came out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether that frustrates me because they're going to be ahead of me. I don't know how that works. Do they have to make new characters? I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. This was, um, I will endeavor not to spoil my own feature at this point, but this was kind of the point that I left Destiny 1 alone. I never played it super intensively, but everyone else I know who had it on PlayStation did. Um, And so by the time I sort of finished the single-player-ish mission stuff, they were were way off into the the deep end of of raids and endgame stuff. And I could see very clearly what was ahead of me, which was that, you know... Again, thinking of what's just over the hill, what you think you're going to achieve, the moment of epiphany that's going to come, and I could see that it wouldn't, that they were essentially still doing the same thing. They just had bigger numbers on their guns, and yeah, they got to see a few bigger bosses and more complex dungeon runs, but it was still the same, and that's the point I just withdrew from the game because I could see I'm going to put all this time in just to remain in the same position still some voice in the back of my head saying any minute now it's gonna happen it's gonna be amazing everything's gonna change because you're gonna be level whatever you're gonna have this gear and you know it's gonna be just this blowout incredible thing but it doesn't it just continues and I couldn't I couldn't deal with that really thinking (laughs) just putting all that work in to just continue this self-deception doesn't mean it wasn't fun the process of it but I could see exactly what was going to happen and i chose to walk away and i'm sure exactly the same thing will happen with with destiny 2 as well See that that exact thing has already happened to me with destiny 2 because i got it as well and i was i played it for maybe a week um and each time i walked away from it every time i turned it off i was i i just felt like why did what what happened during that time that i was playing (laughs) I've just got bigger numbers. That's all that I have achieved here. And if it just felt like I never felt good about going away from it. I felt like I had I had I'd started it because I knew that the 
bullet to bullet moments were great but the motivation for you know pumping you along isn't so it really does feel like junk you know it tastes good but it it doesn't and or it's like intoxicating you know it it feels good at the time yeah but then i as soon as the power goes off it's like what it's 11 what did i do it's uh i mean you can say that thing that about a lot of things in in life though it's whether we want to specifically focus on games or even destiny when you know watching a football match or uh eating junk food or having that unwise extra pint and you always know the consequences what's that even after you know they say you hear the 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 devil's laughter after sex you know it's supposed to be the the most important thing in the world for a moment and then it's over and kind of so what my my biggest version of the regret is um and i'm not going to talk about a specific game i'm going to mention a specific game but this goes for a lot of different games um and i have it this time of year every single time is with Football Manager. Because the thing with that is that I spend a lot of time playing it every year and that's all quality time. I enjoy it because it's the kind of thing I can have podcasts in the back of. It's not taking up my entire brain. It's not taking up my entire life experience. So it's kind of supplementary to other things which can feel more or less valuable than it. But at the end of every year, they release a new one and save games don't carry over. Nothing carries across. Uh, The state of the world that you have doesn't carry across. So it's just gone. It's dead at that point. And there's always that point where I realize I've spent, you know, a couple of hundred hours into this and now it is just, I'm going to uninstall it and it doesn't exist anymore. None of that exists. It's all completely temporary. With something like uh, Destiny or anything that runs for uh, a little bit longer than that and has more into it, I don't so much mind it. I don't mind sinking the time into it as long as I'm enjoying the, the, the core action of it. And, and the interactions with the people within it, if it's multiplayer, I don't really care. But I, I guess the regret for me always comes once it gets shut down, once it's gone. And it's just like, oh, right, that's... Because I guess that somewhere in the back of my mind, there is a sense of I am building something, even though I know it's all kind of pointless. But I have this thing with um, XCOM and XCOM 2, where I've, I've played the campaigns in both games so many times, but I've only completed those campaigns a handful of times. Mm. Uh, by complete, I mean literally do the last mission. Uh, I've put you know dozens, hundreds of hours into each campaign, but there comes a point where I've kind of got everything, and completing the last few missions is somewhat going through the motions, but it also, a bit like the annual upgrade for Football Manager, it kind of just scrubs out everything I've done. Once that's done, everything I poured into these soldiers is just over. There's nothing else I can do with them. Any new game will be a complete blank slate with new people. And because that feels like I'm not wasting my time but invalidating it, then I just leave. I just stop it. I leave the save game there with some sort of pretending in the back of my head, maybe I'll go back to it one day and complete it, you know, that my story is still ongoing and that's that's how I want it. The reality is that a couple of months later, I'll just start a brand new campaign anyway. But I make my peace with that that wastage of my time in, in this game. I played so much in, in that way. And I don't need to see the final cutscene again. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, I guess. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, maybe even longer ago. Um, I'm not going to talk about it in great detail, but my sister has the same Sims 2 neighborhood that she had since the day the game came out. And she still yeah, plays it. That's amazing. Yeah. Do they still do this with olden football managers? There used to be 
sort of third-party fan packs where they added in details of new seasons. But I'd love to know if there are, like your sister, there's people with like ten-year. Oh, I'm sure there are. Yeah, actually, campaigns yeah. and how does it does it even support players getting too old and having to be? Yeah, I mean, retired? famously uh, last year somebody did a one thousand year simulation. They didn't play it. They just you can go on holiday and leave it running. Uh, <laughs> and so this guy, holiday. yeah, went on holiday for a thousand years and came back and then put up loads of the data just on uh, the subreddit, uh, tracking like everyone who'd won the league, how many times, just all, all this stuff. It was it was a uh, it was fascinating. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a one way that people often play it is by simulating the first fifty years, so they come in and they don't recognize any players, which makes it more challenging. You know, you don't know who's good. You have to properly scout them. Um, and so yeah, everything's just fictional at that point. I don't know when they started supporting really long-term saves because um, I know a lot of people still play uh, Champ Manager 97, 98. That's still one of the, the, the beloved one. I know a lot of people still do play that. Um, I don't think you can go that long in that issue. It just The memory would just die eventually. But um, Okay, I'm going to get off Football Manager because bleh, football. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think we should talk about Destiny 2 more generally because it's what both of you guys have been playing um, <clears throat> and I want to know what you think about the writing in it well I know the, okay so this is a loaded question this is a totally loaded question because Brendan's been recoiling <laughs> with horror from the writing in Destiny 2 <laughs> Uh, Adam, somebody... should we agree to both say we adore it and that anyone who, who doesn't like <laughs> it is just failing to understand its nuances? No matter what we actually believe, we're going to maintain that lie just to just the... to make Brendy look really stupid. <laughs> I think we'd look really stupid in that instance, actually. <laughs> Brendy, when the man says, we're much the same, you and I, to the, the, the captured goodie, that's... That's just uh, metatextual and self-referential, and you, you you just didn't understand it. You're right. It's totally it subversive. I've just been looking at this the wrong stereotype. way. My, oh. my my honest take on it is that it's it's about as good as the writing on a roller coaster, and that's all I really need from it. I, I, it doesn't bother <laughs> me. Like, um, there's a big light show happening, and there's some giant man talking about. He's not a man. I don't know what he is. He's he's a big thing that was probably in the first game, and he's he's taken over some place, and it's all blowing up. And then there's a really pretty church in a small ruined town in the European Dead Zone. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Like, no, uh, no, I, no. Do you know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna let that pass. It's not as good as the riding on a roller coaster. Okay, because <laughs> roller coasters don't constantly interrupt your roller coaster with bad lines of well, dialogue like you don't have to wear headphones while you go on space mountain and listen to people say really really awful cliche i mean yeah rubbish if yeah, destiny's like it pulls you out every five minutes and puts you back into the queuing bit where you hear the the, the tin speech of do you dare to ride the tower <laughs> from the speakers ten times well i've only had like the cutscenes at the beginning i've not done a huge amount yet but i don't feel like it interrupts me at all though anymore like that that beginning bit is a drag because it keeps being like here's the light being stolen here's but then since then it's just like i talk to a quest giver and i don't have to listen to them it's just you can just click through it and no, there are quite a lot of instances and a few characters that just d are insufferable. There's one AI character who like is is 
uh, has multiple personalities. Oh yeah, that's, I just found that one last night. That was. It's just a joke that never ever lands. It's it's so bad. And everyone else keeps quipping about how funny and strange it is, and it's not. It's just a character that says essentially the same things in two different voices. I I don't like my little ghost thing. That annoys me because it's too chirpy, uh, and I wish it'd shut up. Uh, I wish you can because the whole thing of you can customize everything. Why can't I customize the voice in my ghost or its personality? Can I do that? It's at Nolan some point? North, man. Everyone loves Nolan North doing is the that Nolan, Nolan North, North thing in every Nolan North game. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. I, didn't even... It's always Nolan North, Adam. I just wish the I ghost could... is actually one of the most one of the most uh, sufferable ones. Well, like. yeah, it's it's just because I'm so early on. It's the only one that ever talks to me. Like, and uh, it'll just like you know put its oar in every now and then when I'm doing something, and I'm just like, ah, shut up. I I just wish I could just make it more glib, or I don't know, give it something. It sounds too. It sounds like if it was a person. Like, or if it was, you know, um, drawn as like a more human looking character, it'd have big sappy eyes and be looking at me like a little puppy dog. And I'm just like, shut up. Come on. We're in yeah, a war. I, I should also clarify that it's the, the voice actors are all fine. I think they are grand. I um, think the opposite. Um, really? For, like, for me, I, I don't think the most of the writing, there are some really bad lines like the, uh, we're much the same, you and I sort of from the, the chief baddie. Um, a lot of the writing is just video game, big action video game, focus group in focus grouped into absurdity. There's no depth. There's nothing to think about. It's what a lot of the big glossy action games are like. But the acting, everyone's perfectly capable, with the exception of that tea drinking sniper guy who's awful, uh, just <laughs> awful as an actor. I mean. um, uh, but yeah, I can hear the script pages turning, like the the, yes. the leaders yeah. of the. I don't even want the, the guardians. They're just, they just sound sort of pompous and earnest and somewhat spiritual, but but line to line, it's always the same tone. There's there's no variation. Maybe once in a while there'll be a quieter line that's supposed to be reflective, but it's always the same. There's no actual no, but personality. This is what I mean: is that they're the, they deliver it functionally, and I think that's fine. But what I mean is that the content of what they're saying doesn't actually it it. Is so grating that but I think it doesn't. It wouldn't matter if they delivered it well because. I, but I think it's Star Wars dialogue. I think apart from a few of the lines we quote from Harrison Ford, most Star Wars dialogue is pretty functional. But it's it's said in such a way that you kind of believe there's a character saying it. Yeah, you know, but a real Star Wars person. dialogue is also is functional, but it's also it fulfills its role tersely. Do you know what I mean? Like with with Destiny Two, there's so much of it, and there they, is, they there never is. hold back. Like if they can make a joke, they will. They don't stop to think whether it'll be good or not. But that's the thing. There's no there's no personality behind them. They just say the lines, and it's normally exposition. And I mean, God bless the writers. They do have to find five thousand different ways of saying. And now go over here and make it sound as though there's a, a story reason for it, as opposed to simply that's where the next trigger for a for a skirmish <laughs> is. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't believe those chief guardians are people. I just, they are electronic computer game characters telling me what to do. And there's no, there's nothing in the performance or the incidental dialogue that makes me believe them. And the possible exception is, uh, what's his name? Captain Firefly, Nathan Fillion as Cade. Cade. And it's, yeah. it's, it's somewhere between charismatic and grating, but he... 
he just does some stuff like he'll he'll do a little stutter or a little throwaway thing that just makes it sound like he's actually saying this stuff off the cuff as opposed to just reading the script and it makes him have there's sort of an implied personality behind it even if there isn't really anything there other than some pretty obvious quips okay it just so makes him feel a bit more present I, than the other i'm guys. gonna walk back from what i said before because my feeling was that i i could get through the entire game without ever having to know the name of anyone or care about anyone in it if it's gonna make me sit through a load of um discourse then yeah i'll probably get very annoyed with it but i just want it to leave me alone and let me get on with it which is why <laughs> that opening mission annoyed me so much but then once i got to the uh, the actual, you know, bit where I've got a map and I can just pick missions. I've only done a bit, but it's left me alone so far. It's just like that sniper guy. I have no idea what he says because I don't listen to him. I just read what it says on the screen and then click and it just lets me go away from him again. I've not listened to a single sentence that he said. Um, but it's not can, actually... You can cut- skip most of it, but there's, I think there's 16 major missions over like about 10 hours. Yeah. And there's a lot of cutscenes bookending them, but you can skip most of them and if you don't care about the it's story, not you're not even... missing anything because the game is always the same, which is go over here and shoot these guys. And I think that, you that, don't like, need a context. For I that. know that it's a very like overused term, but in terms of environmental storytelling, it's really, really pretty. And like, it uh, is, yeah. and like when I see the big thing crashed, I don't know what it is. I don't, you know, I think it's a bit, supposed to be a bit of the traveler. They're saying all these words. I didn't play Destiny One at all. None of it means anything to me. But there's a massive big orb thing and it's on fire and it's crashed into the earth. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it that's looks great. Awesome. The backdrops. Yeah. Except the backdrops are just backdrops. Yeah, yeah. You which can is, do with them, I, I don't mind that so much. Like, um, I, I mean, I'd rather they did more, but I, you know, if, if I have the choice between bland backdrop and really pretty backdrop, yeah, give me the pretty one every day. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting where I'm, where I stand on it by the time it comes out on PC. Uh, but so far, I, I like the shooting. I, I'm a sucker for loot systems. I love collecting loot, and uh, that that stuff works for me. Um, I've, as- I've said in my uh, the feature that's upcoming where I think it all comes together, like the the single player ish side of it and the the multiplayer stuff is these public events or public quests, whatever they're called, where suddenly some baddies invade, um, and there's a few ways, and then there's a massive boss of some kind and everyone who's in the area just joins in they don't have to talk they don't have to uh, uh, strategize in any way you just fire at the big thing and you feel like it's you who's achieving the most damage even if it's not it's presented in such a way as if it is you beat that it's a climactic moment you get a new toy at the end of it and you feel like you've accomplished something in, in 20 minutes and it's not just the treadmill stuff that you get from the the general destiny to work it it's got a crescendo, it's got a start and a finish. And yeah, a bit but of that then you evening. wander off to another area and you come back and the same fight is happening with a bunch sure. of other people. It's like... Sure, yeah, I mean, then, been, then I do it again, frankly. Yeah, I've been playing first-person shooters for like 25 years and they're all pretty much the same. This one seems like quite a good one, so I don't mind doing the same stuff in it over and over again for a while. I don't know. I, I It's very rare, like something like... Um, uh, the new Doom, you know, I really like the new Doom. It is basically a bunch of arenas where you punch stuff and it has some variety within that of enemy types and the shape of the arenas. But if the actual core of it didn't work, then none of it would work. But because it does, I'd happily play another 20 hours of it. In fact, I've played through Doom twice. Uh, Doom once. escalates, right? You know, as you play it, it starts off relatively slow and it gets more and more intense and you get perceptibly better at it. That's my far concern. More things with- at once. I guess that's my concern with Destiny is 
because it has numbers going up rather than just your skill level going up yeah uh yeah like i say that's why i stopped playing destiny one because i saw that oh this isn't going to meaningfully escalate i can put more and more time into it but my experience isn't going to change um, and I know yeah. that's going to happen with Destiny 2 and I kind of made my peace with that in advance that I think I'm going to play this for about 40 hours and then stop. I don't need to buy it or own it expecting it to fill up weeks of my life in the way it will for other people and I'm okay with that so I don't feel sort of instantly disappointed in its shallowness. I think that's fair. I think that's a healthy attitude to go into a binge with. A controlled binge. Yeah, controlled binge. <laughs> I think I think good. mine will be a controlled binge because I think my eventual uh, Destiny Two uh, plaything is going to be getting people together to play together. So it'll be like a dinner party rather than me binging on my own with fast food. So you know that's better, isn't it? And then I'll be Pizza sick party. at the end of it. But you know that's okay. I won't learn anything. It'll be the same conversation over and over again. What have What have you binged, been um, Brendy? Have you said? I forget if we. Did you? Been, we just cut you off cruelly right at the start. No, I've been binging uh, SteamWorld Dig Two, but I don't know if binging is the right word because I had I did play, I've had a couple of sessions where I played it for hours, um, but most of the time I've just been playing for like an hour here and hour there. It's like Spelunky, but much much easier. Um, kind of a child friendly Spelunky, and also a Brendan friendly Spelunky. You're this little robot, you dig down uh, into a mine and you find gems and you bring them back up and you sell them and you get better stuff. And it also has kind of a Metroidvania feel where you find power-ups, like you can get a hook shot that helps you to climb, you get a jetpack much, much later on that helps you to get to areas you couldn't get to before. It's such a lovely, it's just a nice game. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just, I wrote an article about it calling it Gentle. And I feel that's the best way to, to describe it. It's just a very kind of friendly, video gamey game that that makes me feel good inside. And in terms of gentle, do you mean like the tone of it, or sort of moment to moment? You're not necessarily doing much. You're sort of ambling around happily, not having to fight or engage. It's weird. I'm. It's kind of both. Like the tone of it is very gentle in that it's a platformer that. Is very simple. You're looking for your Uncle Rusty, who's the robot from the first SteamWorld dig. And it, it's just kind of a very childish adventure. You're trying to stop these earthquakes from happening. You're trying to discover what's going on in this town. Um, but then the moment to moment, you are also just kind of having a bit of a dig. <laughs> and the joy of it really is making pathways through the sand or the earth to try and make sure that, first of all, to try and make sure that you can get back the way you came. On paper, if if you describe it as someone, they say, oh, it sounds nice, but I'm not really, I don't really feel any impetus to play it because it doesn't sound exceptional. There's nothing really new about it, but it does everything that a Metroidvania can give you really, really well. And it also does everything that a platformer can give you really, really well. Like It feels perfect to control. Um, and when you have all of the gear later on, it's really, really freeing. You can go absolutely anywhere you want. You find all these new secret areas you missed before. Uh, it, and it feels like it never holds you back. 
you know, and and the pace of it is good. It introduces new things quickly. There's doesn't it never feels to me like I'm grinding. Mm. It never feels to me like numbers are going up or I'm just looking for the next thing and trying to find the next thing. But there's a sort of constant low level feeling of accomplishment. Is that what you're saying? There's always something yeah. that you just built or just recharged or just discovered. Yeah, like put it this way, if if I walk away if I walked away from like a five hour session of Destiny feeling grubby and a little bit disgusted with myself i walked away from a five-hour session of this game like smiling like feeling like oh i'm so glad i got to play five hours of that straight it was great i hope i get to do that tomorrow so it's the difference between sort of consuming 20 tubes of pringles and creating from scratch a three-course meal yeah or like having that really nice bowl of soup yeah i was gonna say it sounds more like a soup (laughs) <laughs> like it's like it's like having a really a really yeah hearty bowl of soup. Like the idea of soup is the worthy food <laughs> stuff, the in- inherently noble soup. Um, yeah, because it's simple. That's what I mean. It's a simple dish, but it tastes good. I feel good after I've eaten it. Nobody is bothering me. I, you know, I don't know how else I can stretch this analogy, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it works. It works really well. Um, I'm really really liking it. That sounds good. Metrovanias generally they're a devil for that that binge thing because you're you're getting new powers and new abilities and rather than that being the point at one AM you go, Great, I've got the you know, the super missile or the morph ball. Come on, Alec, tell everyone tell everyone what you've really been playing this week. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so I've been playing um Metroid two, Seamus Returns on Seamus Returns, sorry, on uh, on three uh, DS and that's the thing I've been doing from the hours of about 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. late at night. Wait, 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 wait. Are you picking up a Seamus Returns? Yes, but yeah. I'm also thinking about Seamus Returns. What, what is it? I've Samus. never said it before. I've never actually spoken the name of how do you say? Because... How do you say her name? Seamus, Seamus, or I don't know. I've only ever written it. I've wait, never said right, it. Adam, how do you say her name? I say Samus. I say Samus. Samus, was right. okay. I don't know if that's right, though. I also say Mario, though. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> um, see, I, I, I'm, I've, I've doubted myself now. I was laughing at you before, Alec, but I don't know if maybe I'm wrong. See, I only discovered Metroid on on GBA. So when everyone was talking about Metroid back in the day, and oh my god, it's a woman! Would you believe it? I wasn't part of those conversations, so I, I was only playing it at the point that people had stopped talking about it. So <laughs> I've never spoken it. And I, I only ever call her Metroid as well. This is, <laughs> like our mum, who every game's computer is called a Nintendo. Like, the lead character is called Metroid. I know she's not, but that's just what I've done. Anyway. That's excellent. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing that between 10 a.m. and 10pm and 1am, and it's the worst thing I could be playing late at night because you can't put a blue light filter on a 3DS. It's 3D, so it's really stressing your eyes out. Uh, it will regularly flip between quite tranquil and extremely intense, like the random chase sequences or new types of boss fight or new abilities to do. So I just, you know, I close the thing at 1am and then just for the next two hours, my brain just going with kind of excitement and overuse. And then that's me destroyed for the rest of the day and uh, a week of migraines. So thank you, Seamus, Samus, Samus, Seamus. You have destroyed me. Good. We can't talk about it too long because it's not a PC. Forget you. 
even though we talked about Destiny for quite a while. Uh, well, there was. It's another remake of the same game that was also remade on PC last year, was it? The Metroid 2 uh, AM2R, another Metroid 2 remake. That's which is right. Also yeah. really good. It's a 2D one, unlike, unlike this 3DS one. But uh, Nintendo, unfortunately, uh, killed it. Presumably because they're releasing this one, but mm. you can still find it if you know where to look on the not quite but somewhat dark web, um, and it's it's just a super the super, murky web, yeah. the, the grey web, <laughs> the slightly web. muddy web, the soupy web. Ugh. No soup's good. Soup's good. Soup's wholesome. But if you want a really good Metroid game on PC, because that is the one true platform, then find that one because it's it's excellent, and you will understand my. Inability to put the damn thing down. I would have been playing uh, this week's big release, Middle Earth Shadow of War, but um, it's 100 gigabytes and it hasn't finished installing yet. It's really big. Uh, it is quite big. I, I downloaded it. It took me the whole day yesterday mm, to get it. I said <laughs> um, it downloaded so last night. I'll go it's tonight. still not done. But, uh, but I do want to play it. Um, and it's interesting because with the first one, I loved the Nemesis system. I loved the idea. I didn't actually enjoy playing it all that much. I didn't enjoy the combat. I didn't enjoy the stealth. Uh, but there was enough in the ideas that I stuck with it for a while. And I spoke to a few people who said this one's a lot messier uh, because it's got a lot more going on. Um, and they've been not as impressed as they were with the first one. I have a feeling I might like this one more because I tend to like things that are strange and messy more than things that are just, you know, uh, the like uh, what I've played of it. And it's only been at previews, preview events, um, but they weren't very controlled previews. They just kind of threw you into it and just said, go and have some fun with it. So um, they were slightly more honest than preview events sometimes can be. Uh, I really enjoyed, just got to do a few uh, Citadel raids and a few defences and stuff. And, and yeah, it is really janky, but uh, in a way that is very uh, PC, you know, game. You know, really like, like uh, janky. Yeah, just lots, lots of moving parts, some of which don't seem like they're quite as tuned as they should be, but it's, it's fun to watch it all as it, you know, gets a bit chaotic. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. So, in what ways is it is it janky? Do you mean in terms of controls or sort of? Yeah, the, I think because the flow. The, it's strange because like it's got the kind of you can climb up things as if it's Assassin's Creed. The combat's very much like the Arkham games, um, but you're doing that combat in the middle of uh, battles, which have you know fifty people on one side and forty people on the other. So you've got allies and stuff. So you're kind of watching this kind of almost tactical battle play out very crude tactical battle but you do get to give orders and decide who's going to attack which bit and which support units you're going to bring in and then you're in the middle of it doing the arkham combat with a bit of assassin's creed parkour and you're kind of like all of this is kind of just about hanging together as one experience but really it does feel like you could just sit on a parapet and watch it all and that'd be a lot simpler um it was never clear how much impact anybody else around me was having it's like you gather all these armies and send them in and then it's like but i seem to be killing everyone they're just kind of standing there waving clubs around um so i was never quite sure what what impact anything was having but it was a lot of fun so i'd like to investigate it more have you met any orcs that you would like to date absolutely yeah um my favorite orc and again this was not uh, not in the game as it's been released because it was pre-release 
I always won the machine orcs and they're the ones that have metal bits grafted on like prosthetics where they've lost limbs and this was an orc that I'd cut his leg off and he came back with a metal leg and was chasing me down uh, and eventually he caught up with me and I just beat him up for a bit and then converted him to my side and he follows me around just resenting me but working for me and, yeah <laughs> wait 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 the question was you met an orc you like to date that is not how my dating goes <laughs> being followed around by someone who resents me <laughs> It is how we hired Brendy to obviously. <laughs> I have to have my leg famously dismembered by John Walker. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I always liked the Nemesis kind of thing. I, I, I didn't understand why everybody wanted it to be in every game, and then it never was in every game, because I kind of understand that it doesn't belong in a lot of things. Yeah. I didn't want it to be in every game, but I wanted to see what it would be like in a better game than Shadow of Mordor was. Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I kind of feel like it suit lots different games in different ways. Uh, mine was always that I'd love them to do uh, one of the Arkham games with that, you know, just a superhero game, not necessarily Batman, but a superhero game with different villains and their gangs and all that kind of business going on would be really, that, that would feel like quite true to the way I enjoy superhero stuff. Um, I think um, Ghost Recon's latest uh, drug lord game, Wildlands, Wildlands, yeah, looked as if it when it during the marketing process looked as if oh you know that the nemesis a nemesis style system would work really well there because you take down one drug lord and then there's always another drug lord behind them mm. and then they just ignored it they just didn't do anything they just didn't do that. And it felt like such a missed opportunity. One of the closest things to it has been War of the Chosen, the XCOM 2 expansion, which doesn't follow the same systemic rules as um, Mordor, uh, but does have that thing of recurring villains who you keep beating back and they come back at you, the actual Chosen in it. Uh, I, I saw Jake Solomon, uh, XCOM's creative director at um, EGX this year, and, um, and told him that my initial strapline for a preview for it was XCOM Nemesis Unknown and he was like oh a little too close to the bone because I did rip that off a little bit the Nemesis system (laughs) (laughs) but he was hugely inspired by it for War of the Chosen it's a shame it wasn't a little more kind of dynamic in terms of you really can specifically piss off one and they'll hound you but it's more that you just trigger all three and then yeah, just, yeah. just occur randomly. But I think there's enough going on in War of the Chosen that I don't particularly need it to be doing that much more. <laughs> uh, true, yeah. there's, there's always more I wish it would do. Uh, I was trying to fish when I was talking to Jake about what he would do next and he's very uh, tight-lipped but he, he certainly said that he feels very, very happy with where XCOM 2 is now and um, said that it was the first time he's been happy with a complete XCOM game that he's made. Five years since the first one used today, incidentally. I hadn't realised. Only five, I thought it was one. Yeah, I know. It feels like forever, right? I feel like he's been a bit hard on himself. I mean, like, should be happy with almost... Should be happy with XCOM 1, shouldn't you? I think XCOM 1 was always a kind of... um, I mean, I I think he should, yeah. I think for him it was always a case of testing the water a little bit. You know, will people accept this or will they just reject the entire idea of it? Which, you know, I came close to doing uh, before I played it. It's like, how dare they, you know? How dare they? And, uh, I think he suffered an awful lot of old PC people com- old PC people complaining that the first one was not complex enough and to uh, yeah. dumb damn for console, man. Um, 
which it wasn't. I thought it was really good, but that was a weird voice. Alec. Yeah, I don't know what voice that was at all. Was it John Carmack? He'd never say that. Um, I'm going to break off and go back to some binging mm. uh, because we asked our listeners and readers what games made them binge so I think we should take a look and see see what they said we absolutely should some some people did uh, I think say the same as you Adam yes so Earth Machine says Stellaris it's so good sorry it's so hard to find a satisfactory end or breakpoint. I think that's kind of like the one more go excuse except it's kind of also like uh, I don't feel like this is resolved yeah i think i think that's uh more of a paradox thing than a firaxis thing and stellaris is the least paradoxy paradox game in a way because it's more traditional 4x but i think what paradox do incredibly well is they create this idea that um the world will continue to have changes in it so even if you feel like you're in a lull it's like anything could happen anything could happen so that's why I think there's uh, no real endpoints because often in a game you think, like even in a Civ game, it's like I'll finish this wonder and then I'll go to bed. I'll finish building a new city and then I'll go to bed. Whereas in a Paradox game, it's often like, well, I'll resolve this and then France does something or the fungi do something and you're like, oh no, that's out of my control. I have now to I'm... take care of these mushrooms. Yeah, I've got to take care of the mushrooms right now. Um, somebody else as well, uh, Annie Sims. Uh, says it's always The Sims now that um, you either play The Sims for 48 hours straight or once every 8 months and there's no in between uh, so I think your sister Adam will appreciate that yeah yeah me too I mean I, I, I love The Sims games I think they're, they're fascinating and, and that's, that is absolutely true the thing that I was saying about playing games for a weekend when I first get them I often do that with games like The Sims, but then I'll rediscover them and then do the same again for another weekend and then rediscover them again a little bit later. Same with Civilization, actually, this time around, Civ Six. Every time there's a patch, I reinstall it, and I think, this is really good, why did I stop playing it? And then after a weekend, I'm not playing it again. Oh, somebody else says Path of Exile, and Nick Hunter says Path, Path of Exile, which I know you played a little bit, Adam, as well. Yeah, I played quite a lot of that. And I, actually, I'm surprised none of us talked about uh, like Diablo type action role playing games Destiny 2 is a little bit like one because of the loot system and just combat combat loot combat combat loot I guess so much such an old bastard but Diablo 2 is the only one that's really got me like that where I was mm. I'd never played the first Diablo which helped um, but I was just amazed by what I was seeing and the escalation of it and it, it didn't seem like just getting bigger weapons it was the way the environments got yeah darker and more hellish and the number of enemies on screen grew and grew and I just felt like it was this incredible journey as well as getting all this new stuff and for some reason nothing else has done that. Oh, I don't know have you played because... Path of Exile? I haven't. Because Path of Exile is the closest thing to Diablo 2 since Diablo 2. It's got a very similar uh, sense of escalation. It starts off and it's not pretty. You're still in a horrible place but then you find nicer areas and then it's suddenly you're travelling into basically the heart of darkness as you go through it. And yeah, it has a really good sense of escalation from fighting zombies on a beach to just being fighting cosmic horrors in other dimensions. It's really good. Nix also says 10 hours per day on Persona 5. 
I get so drawn in by the characters and always want to find out what happens next in the story. So that's another one more go type thing, but it's also uh, one more plot thread. Yeah, I think Persona 5 is a little bit like watching a TV show in that sense because you uh, it's divided into very distinct chapters. Uh, so, you know, you see what happens with these characters and then it flash. you know, there's a time skip and then, you know, their relationships have changed slightly. You're building relationships. It's really, really good. I really hope we see it on PC. I think there's a good chance we will. Um, recently, uh, they shut down, um, well, they tried to shut down a an emulator that was using Persona 5 as one of its um one of its games that they were they were mentioning that you could emulate and um and I, Sega when I spoke to them about PC ports this would have been going back a year and a half uh, were very very uh, open about saying they wanted to bring everything to PC that the the issues were all about doing the ports the right way and finding the right um people for the studios to work with because obviously Sega are an international company. They can't just say, hey, we're going to port everything. They need to work with studios all over the world to make sure they're happy with the porting process. But I think there's a good chance we will see a lot more Sega games coming across. Exciting. Exciting. Um, Funnily enough, there's not too much here that has surprised me. Um, XCOM 2, Player Unknown Battlegrounds. uh, You mean Plunk Bat? I'm sorry, I mean Plunk Plunk bat. That's not. the op- that's the opposite of a binge game for me. I play it once and then feel so disappointed in myself. I don't play it again for another two hours. I the opposite of a binge game for me, I think, is a game that I can only play a little bit of before because it's getting me so wound up. Mm-hmm. I've started playing Tekken Seven, and any time I fight anyone online, I get so pumped full of adrenaline, I have to put it down and go and take a break because it's so. I mean, where you're sort of shaking a little bit afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It feels I just like feel so explode. terrified. Like a, the, my own human body is giving me a fight or flight response to a, <laughs> to a video game. <laughs> um, so that's that's definitely not a binger. Um, although for some people, I imagine it might be. It mm. was at university, Tekken 2 and 3. We just played all night. But it was, I guess the adrenaline wasn't quite there when it wasn't strangers because we kind of knew each other's routines and preferences and you, you little foibles it's kind of more predictable within the match how it's going there's it's less seat in the pants but jesus yeah i missed a lot of uh, a lot of seminars because of tekken uh, and it was glorious it was you and i glorious. should have a tekken fight alec maybe maybe i'm pretty rusty but i used to be fairly handy with jack i used to know the killer combos there but god knows if they're still in me oh i'm a martial law man Boring. I'm a Bruce Lee clone, man. You, Ryu. Okay, I think uh, we're probably going to wrap it up now. Um, I'm not. We're not probably going to wrap it up. We are going to wrap it up. I'm finishing <laughs> this podcast. Forget it. We should binge on this podcast. Keep going all night. I think if you are a listener and you enjoyed this podcast, you should binge on all of our previous podcasts. That is very good advice. Yeah. And binge on liking and subscribing on iTunes. Is that a thing? <laughs> That's what they say in the proper podcasts at the end. Do we do that? You should, you should also binge, I think, on our website, uh, rockpapershotgun.com. If you wanted to binge on our tweets and Facebooks, we are there. Uh, are you okay? I've just binged on knocking over my microphone mid-speech. I'm sorry for all the because <laughs> I'm deafened there. <laughs> 
but yes, yeah, you can binge on tweets and Facebook posts. Uh, we are rock paper shot on both of those platforms. Um, we're also on YouTube, rock paper shot, and uh, if you like this, please give us a review on iTunes or little comments on SoundCloud and other platforms are also very welcome. We will see you again next week, hopefully, when we will have binged rightly on Shadow of War and various other games, I'm sure. Evil Within 2? I'll be binging on Evil Within 2. Maybe we'll have crossed the Destiny Rubicon and decided that we unilaterally hate it by that point, or maybe we will be absolutely obsessed for the rest of our natural lives. We'll have to see. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. an element where you get better at you know getting off the headshots or knowing how yeah yeah powers coordinate but in the main <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, <one> <laughs> the dog is a big destiny fan and is not happy about this criticism <laughs>